This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success and show us how they attain even their lofty goals. These students, who are in the top 10% of the country, are active in student support services at NC State, a nationally recognized program designed to provide support for low-income, first-generation college students. Nationally, this population has an 11% graduation rate within six years. The student support services students surpass that rate each year and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. They have earned PhDs in Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to reach this level of success. Welcome back. We are speaking with Lakeisha as she continues to share her story as a single mom working and now in graduate school. Now, um, how did you get from the community college to NC State? Could you move from Beaufort? Yes, yeah. Beaufort, North Carolina. So you moved your kids, yourself, I to did. another whole city, another whole campus? I did, to a huge campus. I mean, the fear is there. The fear was there. It was there for a, a very long time. And I just recall the campus, uh, my community college, we're a very small network, and I was very active in that community college, and I recall my my mentor at the time, who was also my advisor, because we're a very small school, so we had, like, mentor and advisors, like, kind of go hand in hand, and she walked me through the process. We did the application together. She told me about some schools that I could apply for. I'm like, NC State, I can't go there. She's like, stop saying that. And she, we had a, a, what was it? It was a college prep course. And she asked me to take this course. And within that course, they help you do your application, um, help with like housing. Like they walk you through the entire process. She actually, we did a, a visit to campuses. I never went anywhere but Beaufort, North Carolina, because, you know, that's just, where I was from I didn't have I didn't have the opportunities to go out and see other um, universities or, or other states and she gassed up the community van and she took about four or five of us out to see different um, colleges to see how they were and we and it was it was great it was really great wow and so you actually came to NC State's campus on that visit I did we went to um, several um, campuses Shaw um, UNC, NC State, and there was one other that we went to. So why did you choose NC State? Um, at first, I chose the school because um, the criminology, they had criminology, and I think one was like criminal justice, and there's a difference. There's a, there's a little difference um, in criminal justice and then criminology because my I like to study the people's behavior, not necessarily like the criminal justice, like the action part of it. Like I wanna, I wanna see what is those barriers that's causing people to do certain things, and um, why are they doing certain things? And so I, NC State offer a great program, and I and I I went and visit some of the um, professors and stuff when I was here, and and they were very warming and opening, and so. They kind of <laughs> sold me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad. We're glad. <laughs> now, how did you make the decision to actually make the move to come here? I spoke to 
um, my husband at the time, and um, I knew, you know, even when I was in school, I knew I wanted to do something. I just didn't. I mean, I knew it. And so I told him I had this opportunity, and, you know, everyone was fearful, like the kids, and, like, it's a big, you know, city. And I just ha- I said, if I don't do this, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I need to, I need to try. And I need to try for my kids. I need them to see me try because how can I um, tell them to do something if they're not if they don't see it you know it's all about action and you know they 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 learn from what they see you Mm -hmm. know and so I thought that was very important for me to instill in them because it it also helped me to overcome my fear leaving my my family Um, my family stayed like very close by and so that was important for me to to challenge myself in that aspect too so I just talked to him and said, like, I, I need to do this. Can I have your support? I talked to my family members, and everyone was very um, supportive. Um, my community was supportive. They We had a um, – I'm a softball, huge softball um, person. I played softball all my life, and the community had, like, a softball fundraiser for me, and they gathered together, and we played softball and reminisce about, you know, what I have done in the community, and they wanted to see me flourish somewhere else as well. Well, that's great. That's great. So then how did you establish? You came here, found an apartment, found schools for your kids. Oh, that, that, that was a hurdle. (laughs) (laughs) So my, my advisor at the time, um, we knew housing, housing is very, um, a little bit expensive. Yeah. In Wake Um, County. In Wake County (laughs) versus my small town. And so she wanted me by you know, the campus to have that additional support. That was very important. That would be by the campus. And so we visit the graduate housing and talk to them and like, well, you know, their housing are only set for, uh, you know, small families, family of, of four, you know, one kid. And I come with four kids. <laughs> um, but after talking to some of the housing directors um, with one of the villages I stayed in, he was like, there's no way that we're not going to make sure that you have housing and you've already made that, that step of coming and you were accepted. And he made me feel so good about, like, my decision um, and moving. And, like, I felt very supported from him, not even knowing him. Um, he was very supportive. Like, we're going to make sure that we find you housing um, on this campus. And he reached out to me. He thanked me for coming um by that day and you know after I got my acceptance letter I got a a a email from um the director of the um of the of the housing program and he was like we have a two-bedroom it's small but we have something for you and we just moved on in yeah you never know what opportunities you have unless you do it I mean there's quotes about that like the worst thing you can do is like not try so true it is Mm -hmm. so true Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only way to fail is by not, not trying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had no idea, and just things, you know, work out. Like more, there's more people who want to help you. Exactly. Than are fighting against you. Exactly. You just probably have to remind yourself of that. Exactly. Sometimes. You have to. You have the the fear of the unknown is is very scary, and 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 that's kind of what hinders people from going after their dreams and challenging themselves. And so I think when we have a supportive community and that's what NC State offers a supportive community who stands behind you and allow you to talk about those fears I'm older person I remember 31 coming in and 
I got on the wrong bus and I was scared. Like, and I went behind this tree, like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. And, and it was very scary for me. I wanted to go back home and, you know, people talked to me. I had people come up to, look, this is this app. It shows you how to get on the bus. Like I had to learn all of that, but I had a, this support system. NC State is a huge support system and the resources that they offer to students is, is just undeniable. Now, was there ever a time that you actually questioned your decision to come here? Was there kind of a low point where you were, you know, you weren't sure if you could do it or if it was going to work out? Yes, I think um, there was a time because I am older and seeing students, they go through papers and they do it so easily. They spend maybe... You know, some students can do it within that day or, you know, within hours. And it takes me, you know, a little bit more time to process my thoughts. And I remember, like, I don't know if I can keep up. I just felt like my age was a barrier. Um, my, You know, some of the students who didn't want to meet, like I can meet early in the morning, and some students didn't meet. And I'm like, well, how am I going to do this? Like, I couldn't meet when they wanted to meet because of my children. And then that kind of made me like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, they're so much smarter than I was. I had that fear that I wasn't smart enough. And when you have them raise four <laughs> kids and then see. I know, but, and that's the thing with people that come in. It's not about how people, it's how you perceive yourself. Mm -hmm. So when my perception of myself changed, then I became that powerhouse. And how did my perception of myself change? By that support system, by um, people reassure me by my, my children empowering me, by um, my mentor and trio and my professors who are very understanding, you know, and that's the thing with um, uh, my social work, like the professor, the, everyone is very understanding about life happens and, and they're really here. They want you to succeed. Mm -hmm. You just have to share with them, you know, within reason as to, like, what is going on. Exactly. It's not something to be ashamed of. It is not. And once we... We, we take that away. I mean, we can do anything. Once we say, you know, well, I don't want him to know that my son, like my son has asthma. I didn't want him to know that I can't go to class today because, you know, he, he had an asthma attack last night and I'm trying to find someone to watch him and I'm worried about, you know, if I'm not sitting up front in that classroom, then they're going to think I'm a slacker or I don't care when I do value my education. But it's it's not it's your how your actions are and and if you show them that you're concerned about it, um, everyone's very supportive. Mm -hmm. Now, did you ever um, come in contact with an instructor who is less than understanding? Because I do hear those stories from students, but I'm not sure if you ever experienced that and how you overcame that. Well, I'm a teaching assistant too, so I and I'm also I also look at both sides. Mm -hmm. If you asked me that question a year ago, I would say yes. But I see both sides. I have to think about my behavior too. Was was I direct? Was I, you know, making sure they knew what was going on? Um, so I I had I ran across a couple, um, who were like, well, this assignment is due today, and that's it. I'm not you know changing it for anything. If you don't have like a doctor's note or something like you know they wasn't going to change it but I think like telling someone at the last minute that okay this is not gonna I can't do this that kind of put them in that you know in that state of mind saying well maybe she didn't really care about the assignment or something like that but 
I honestly have very good um, professors. I've been fortunate to have very good professors. Even the ones that, you know, I got to see in. I got to see in Spanish. <laughs> but he was very supportive and as far as, like, wanted to meet me and wanted me to understand uh, that language and that dialect. And he was willing to offer extra outside tutoring hours for me. And um, TRIO, thankfully, um, <laughs> paired me up with a wonderful um, Spanish tutor who, I mean, we're best friends today. So, you know, I have them to thank for that as well. Mm -hmm. So that what you're saying, even from a perspective as a teaching assistant, is let them know ahead of time of what your circumstances are. If you can. can yeah. If you can. Um, it's very important. Communication. Communication is a huge thing. Check their emails. If someone's sending you something, respond back and, and make sure you have email etiquette when you're talking to your professors and stuff. And they're very under, they're very understanding if you just let them know. If you don't let anyone know, that comes with anyone. If you don't let someone know what's going on, how can you get help, you know? And so I think when we, you know, just let those guards down a little bit and, and open up those walls and say, okay, well, I am trying. People will see that. People truly will genuinely see when you're trying um, to be your best. Yeah, because I think the hard thing is, like, even in my role, is when people, you know, reach out after the fact, mm -hmm. you know, and so whether it's, uh, you know, I thought I could muscle my way through or I thought I could deal with it, but if you are dealing with a situation that is tough, you know, to accept that it's going to be hard and that it has a chance of negatively impacting right. your ability... So, you know, take, um, like, be proactive. Right. You, you have to be invested, just as invested as um, anyone else. And I remember when I came here and I came under, like, I had a scholarship from um, Warren Buffett, which is amazing scholarship um, from a billionaire, um, his, his sister Doris Buffett. And I recall her saying, like, you know, I'm not giving you, I'm investing, I'm investing my money and my support within you. And and only thing she wanted in return was for us to invest in other people. And we have to invest in ourselves. We have to, you know, reach out to those individuals who are trying to already be supportive and they're in these roles to help us succeed. We have to kind of let them know what's going on in order for us to um, have that, that relationship. Right, right. The and academic again, relationship. Right, right. And, it, you know, kind of getting over the fact of asking for help, taking a chance and sharing something, you know, makes people vulnerable. Yeah, and, and sure. that's that's the fear, that vulnerability. We all fear that. We don't, you don't want people to feel think that, oh, they can't handle this. You know, I was like, I don't want people to think because I got four kids. And that was one of my biggest fears where people will try to say, well, she got four kids. It's okay. I challenge myself to do the load as my peers. Um, but it, it's okay to say, Hey, you know, I have this and this going on. Maybe I, I need to step back and talk to someone. And that's why where your mentors come in, um, mm -hmm. to help out. Now, what do your kids think of you now? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my oldest, who, you know, has amazing opportunities, you know, since we moved here, he's um, in a, a Wake Man Leadership Academy, um, and we wouldn't have these opportunities here. Um, 
Back in Beaufort. Back in Beaufort. Yeah. We just, we don't have the resources back in It's a very small town. So um, he would say, he has said, my mom works hard. My mom works all the time. Um, and I'm a hard worker. That's what he would say. Uh, my youngest ones, they would say, mom, you need to stop working so much. You got to <laughs> stop working so much. So I think... Um, He's seen my my oldest has seen the progress, you know, right. throughout, and he he uh, he actually he really understands. Um, but I I feel as if they will see that this is all for them. That's my hopes that they will see like I can do this. Like you know, when I was applying for grad school, my son was applying to a leadership academy. We we went through we we're walking these steps together and so hopefully they'll see like okay we can do this mama did it we did it together and hopefully they they will help them as well. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's great to hear. That's and are they all in school now? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was one of the biggest barriers coming here. I have one who was not in school um, yet, and my mentor helped me um, get um, my youngest one in a, a early Head Start. Um, program uh, which is a kind of like a daycare school setting um, for him while I was in school so but everyone is in school and they're on the right schedules and so everything meshes well. <laughs> well and I think that's the thing to remember is that even though your mentor you know first came as an academic mentor mm-hmm. you know they care about your success mm-hmm. and they're going to acknowledge every aspect of your life that impacts mm-hmm. that success so if you know your child's getting the best care possible, then you can feel safe, you know, coming to school exactly. and being able to focus on your academics without, you know, worrying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, very important when anyone, and especially in my role as a residential counselor um, in the social work field too, is, you know, yes, academics, you know, we want her to be, you know, academically gifted. We want her to be successful in school, but what are those barriers outside? We have to address what is the outside too and my mentor definitely looked at the broader picture we we mapped it out what is this how is this affecting her 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 academics how is this affecting her um, relationship with the school system and what can we do to like you know reshape this and see to make it better for her so he definitely did that mm-hmm. no that's good and what just came to mind is how did you afford all this what did you I mean it's you know, a person with, you know, a full-time job can barely yeah. afford f- four kids. How did you do it while being a full-time student? It was difficult. <laughs> it was. So I got a scholarship. Undergrad, I got a scholarship um, with Warren Buffett, as I stated. Um, I qualified financial aid as well. TRIO as well was a supplement of support. Um, and over, I worked overnights. I, I had to work the um I did um from twelve what twelve AM to six AM um at a at a local um fast food restaurant overnights um trying to make sure I managed my bills. But what I did do um is my mentor <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. We did some budgeting and some financial courses and, and Trio also offered those um those trainings as well and we sat down, we said, Okay, well this is what I'm getting back from school, um, from the loans and the and and then also from um, the other support that I was getting, and we mapped out. Okay, we need to pay the you know make sure I pay rent earlier rather than later, 
Um, so we pay stuff in advance and then I, and I work most of the other time. Wow. Look, you show that's, a, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like I can't even believe that. Yeah. But it can you, happen. Right. So that's the thing to think about is, or to kind of reflect upon is, you know, that you're amazing and it doesn't seem, you know, like possible of everything that you did. And it is like, you are that 2%. You know, of because for only um, 10% of first-generation low-income students actually graduate with a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Then you add in their non-traditional student, parent. Um, we haven't talked about with your race of being African-American, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever right. other factors. Mm-hmm. So that probably means, you know, the percentage of graduation lower. rate, <laughs> yeah, is right. even lower. So, I mean, I hope you know that, <laughs> you know, that you are the top 2%. I mean, I didn't know the percentage, but I, mm-hmm. I, I know the barriers that, um, you know, um, African-Americans, women of color, like um, non-traditional students and parents. I know those barriers that they, they do face, but hopefully we can increase those numbers. Yeah, um, no, and I mean, like, you're the perfect person, you know, the perfect leader that mm-hmm. you did it with you know, the support of people around you. Mm-hmm. You didn't have extra, you know, support that's not available to other people. Right. And I and I recall speaking to um, incoming social work students who, um, you know, what do you do when you don't have that support when you first get here? That's a big thing. What do you, what do, you do? We have to advocate. We, we, I think as a university, they do a great job with, identifying those if you go out and seek it identifying those who don't have the support and helping them so they don't feel like they don't have any support um so i didn't have the support at first but i utilized uh trio and Mm -hmm. um they connected me with someone i utilized the counseling center you know my mentor connected me so it's a connection it's allies we are allies together that we help each other and so that you know coming from a small town that's what we did but it was different in this aspect with the big um university but it it can happen it does happen yeah just because you were the one accepted doesn't mean you're the one that has to do it all by yourself it's teamwork yeah you know (laughs) I tell everyone my success story it is teamwork I I'm very thankful to my support system along the way because everyone no matter if, if it was negative or positive they have an impact in your life and so you you have to you take heed of that and be grateful for that, the negative or positive, whatever it is. It makes you who you are. Now, how did you take care of yourself, like your health-wise? You know, because of not sleeping enough. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. make that judgment call. And, you know, the stress of being a parent and a student, you know, and, you know, working with traditional undergrad students and to get your work done and whatnot. Mm, yeah. yeah. So how did you take care of yourself? I recall my mentor. I dish a lot on my mentor. And he said, you know, we have a counseling center at NC State. You know, you should try them out. You know, just to see if you can talk to someone and like whatever it may be. Because I was going through, you know, a lot of separation and, and the kids and, and the schoolwork, you know, was pil- piling up and work. And so I went over the first time and I didn't feel connected. I felt like, no, because I was raised, and, and especially with African-American communities, you know, um, we're taught 
the Lord don't put anything on you that you can't withstand. You know, you're strong. You got this. You can do this. But, you know, growing up and realizing it's okay to ask for help. It really is okay. And when we change that narrative and change that stigma that we have on our smaller communities, it is very impactful on a positive way. And so I didn't think that I would fit well with the counseling center. I didn't think like, they don't know, they, they probably don't want to hear what I got to talk about or whatever. And so, you know, the first time I just, I, I didn't go back um, after doing like the initial session. And then I took uh, the advice of my mentor one more time and I went back and I connected with a, a good counselor. Um, and I've been there ever since 2016. I'm, you know, I'm still there. Like I utilize the services and, and it's about academics life is it doesn't matter what it it is and that's the thing that they they offer like people like well you got to be really like you want to hurt yourself or whatever it may be is your health it all those barriers that is around it whether it's your eating um you're happy your mood swings your academics you know you could just broke up with a boyfriend or a divorce like whatever it may be all of that affects your everyday life and so it is important to seek um, counseling and those services and not think like oh something is wrong with me or you know I don't want to be looked down upon because that's not what it's supposed to be and we need to change that um, that stigma around that those type of services yeah because I hear a lot of students say it's like well what will talking about it you know like mm-hmm. how can that actually affect the change when you know I still have the schoolwork I still have the financial problems mm-hmm. you know so how did talking about what was going on with you positively impact your health and well-being talking about any situation allows you to hear it it allows you to to speak it out to hear it and to and then that part that we're scared about to address it so the first thing that I wanted to address was I didn't feel connected to the university. And then we talked about it. So why don't you feel uh, connected to the university? You know, because I couldn't do uh, the sorority thing. You know, I've never been in when I wanted to do it so bad or um, I couldn't do certain things. And I just felt like I was the only mom around here. And they were like, no. And so they had a, a, a mom's group. I moms a mom's group that they had um in the community and then they was telling me about it and then another thing was um not feeling smart enough and like why and here's the question I had to ask myself and so saying it why don't I feel smart enough I I was a (laughs) 3.8 GPA so why is it that I still don't feel smart enough? And so addressing that and learning that we all got different learning styles and, you know, they helped me look at my learning styles. And um, TRIO also did. We have a training on that about what is your learning style and how you learn effectively. Um, learning those things and speaking upon it allowed me to address those um, barriers and those fears that I that I faced. Yeah, because that's um, something that you've talked about the whole time is language. You know, how your advisor in community college mm-hmm. changed, you know, the way you spoke and how that positively impacted you. Then your mentor here changed the language you were going to mm-hmm. use about graduate school. And then, you know, going to the counseling center and having somebody else help, you know, change, change. the way you mm-hmm. talked to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the language that you use to yourself mm-hmm. is is so is important and, and it affects, you know, 
the way I talk to my children too. It, it everything is implemented together. Everything that you do, um, it has some sort of effect around the people that you're around or your normal lifestyle, like everything that that way. So when we talk about language and how we need to change some of those negative concepts that we think of ourselves. So that that's the big piece is what do you think of yourself? So talking about why do I feel this way about myself and then change it. Well, this is what I am doing. Like l- literally looking in the mirror and saying like, I am still in school. I am a graduate from um, NC state university, one of the top schools in um, North Carolina. Like I am doing this, like change it and say what you are doing not dwelling on the things that you have not accomplished and even though those things you haven't accomplished like going back and say well you know it's stepping stones let's break it down and do it piece by piece right so like when an instructor gives you an a they're not lying to you <laughs> you know and I think that's like what made me well, think the of one thing the professor said I didn't give you anything you earned you know we don't we don't say give you earned this it, by those uh assignments and you know the task that you completed you earned that right I mean that's when you were saying about the yeah. even though you had a 3.8 GPA you're like I don't know if I'm smart yeah. enough and it's it is that perception of yourself it, it really is your my challenge is not against other students it's against my fear of failure and I think you know the way you thought about yourself so if you would never have thought that about your son so no. your son has a 3.8 you'd be no. like oh I don't know if he's smart enough no you know it's like we the way we talk to ourselves mm-hmm. is You're like we would never ourselves. yeah say that stuff to another person yeah and I when I started you know counseling and I'm like I got problems myself. How am I going to counsel people? And then when uh, my supervisor went back and, you know, when you first start counseling, they record everything. They look at your behavior and your style and how you're interacting with clients. And she's like, "You're this is what you're meant to be. You're good at this. And it's like, why can't I tell myself this? You know, <laughs> what I can empower someone else and um, not empower myself. But I had other people doing that for me and helping me. And so... That's how we we have to coexist with each other. So finding that that network that you can relate with or taking those steps to go out and doing that. That's the best advice I can give someone is to face those fears. And also, I would think, too, is deciding who should be around you. Like, who do you listen to? Exactly. Exactly. It when you when you think about like, oh, your friends or um, advisor, like whoever it may be, make sure that they are looking at your best interest, like what you want to do, don't not what they want to do, because sometimes you might get someone like, well, this may not be a good fit for you. But that's not how we empower each other. If your goal is to be a nurse, a doctor, criminal, whatever it may be. What can I do to help you through that process, to help you do step by step? What can I do um, to empower you to to make those moves? Yeah, because when an outside person tells you you can't do something, Mm. you know, like, what's that all about? Why would they tell you that? Um, You know, I had some people tell me, you can't do this. You got four kids. You can't go off to no university. Like, it's going to be too much for you. And I used to say that those people empower me because I want to prove them wrong. 
But that was still the wrong way of looking at it because, like, I wanted to prove to myself um, that I could do it. So just be mindful of um, the types of relationship you're in. You want to be around people who are inspiring, who are encouraging um, you to be your better you. Just like you want to be um, encouraging someone else. We want to inspire people to be their better selves. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a one thing of saying... You know, I'm because I'm sure your family had fear for you. Oh, yes. you know, and so it's managing like what's their fear mm-hmm. and then what's real. Right. And yeah. I, my grandma raised me. So, you know, oh, say she wanted me close home by family. Our, I just, you know, uh, recently adopted two children additional to my two. And she's like, it's too far away and you're not going to have us there. And so her fear was me something happening to me and then it's affecting the kids her her main concern with the kids like how is this going to uh, affect them but i i reminded her how how strong she was and how she she worked three jobs that's why i kind of worked <laughs> three jobs because she she showed me the way she showed me like hard work you know persevere hard work you know put yourself out there um to become who it is you want to become don't let you know, a family separation deter you from doing stuff. But don't let um, the negative stuff that happened within the family, like, make you feel like you can't do it because um, your dad didn't graduate. You can't do it because I didn't graduate. You can't do this or you can't have this job. You know, all our family members, you know, clean houses or, you know, a lot of labor jobs. And she's like, that doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do, you can do. So I'm like, Grandma, I'm taking you. You were my first mentor. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking those steps. And then, you know, when she saw the change in me, she became more um, accepting and less fearful. And now she's like, oh, she can do anything, you know. So her fear was of me getting hurt. And mm-hmm. she wanted to shelter that. And, you know, family don't want you to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think the key piece is the payoff so you invested you know six plus years of hard work you know and sacrifice and physical pain and emotional pain Mm -hmm. but with that graduate degree you know you will you know most likely never be unemployed you'll always be in a position where you'll have health insurance you know, you'll be able to afford housing where your kids can go to, you know, good schools mm-hmm. and have access, you know, to um, health care, et cetera. And then your kids will go on and get their graduate degrees. So, you know, you literally change the trajectory of your family. You know, so the risk mm-hmm. of bringing your kids to Raleigh, well, now it's making it so that they'll never um, have to, you know, struggle or struggle you know, like other people without mm-hmm. degrees. I think I've opened, uh, definitely opened the door for more opportunities um, for myself and for them. I'm very grateful um, for that. Um, some of the things that I still, uh, you know, the reality is, is I mean, you got to work hard for, you know, your position, um, you know, still being a woman still trying my best to become the best person I possibly can be for my kids um there's still a little fear of like you know job opportunities for me but no one what I've learned is no one can take my education away from me so with that 
you know, that piece that I've been able to gain and, you know, next year I have that MSW degree. Um, I'll hopefully I'll be able to empower other people to take those same steps because, you know, you, you can't take someone's education away from them. That's, that's very valuable. Um, it's an asset and, um, I plan on utilizing it. Well, I was going to say, you're in the top 2% or less in the country, (laughs) Lakeisha. Any company would be, you know, they'll be clamoring over you. You know, who doesn't want the top, you know, 2% at their company working with their clients? So I have no fear for you. Well, thank (laughs) you. I think you'll have competing job offers Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, Was there anything you want to leave with? kind of a last parting words advice yeah. for our students so you know when you go into it I mean the best advice that you know we all can give each other is that we are a society that we need people and how that looks to you how it looks to me could be different but don't be fearful um of asking for help Take that fear and and switch it around and and be open to the help. And once you get the help, because you may be having good days, keep the keep it going. You know, I do see people who like, okay, well, I was getting a bad grade, but now I talked to him, and then now everything's okay. Keep it going. You know, my mentor, we we started out because I had all these things going on, but I kept I I trust the process and I kept it going because you wanna you wanna celebrate the the good the bad all of it and so I ask and I I leave with you just be mindful um, that you are smart you are brilliant if you, you you get in the education that you want to do for yourself and empowering you to be a change agent for yourself and others. Great, Lakeisha. This is amazing talk, and you're an amazing person, seriously, and I, um, you know, hope that you'll always stay involved with TRIO, for sure, wherever you end up, Um, and would you be open for, if students listen to this and want to get in contact with you? Sure, no problem. Okay. You can be the mentor. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, no problem. I have two, about two, I think three NC State students that I'm mentoring right now oh, okay. in the MSW program. Great, great, great. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Lakeisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. TRIO Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about student support services at NC State.